This is episode 38 of the Landscape Photography Show, where we'll be speaking with Phil Monson, aka Nigel the Litter Hunter. If you don't understand what I'm talking about when I say Nigel the Litter Hunter, please understand that that's totally okay. I just want you to be aware that you can go on Instagram and follow Phil, aka Nigel the Litter Hunter, at Phil Monson on Instagram and look him up and figure out what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about who Nigel is in this episode, the origins of this character, and what it can mean to some of your favorite places that you go out and photograph on a regular basis. Not only that, how you can kind of take up the initiative on your own and make these places that we love to go shoot better overall. We're also going to be talking to Phil a lot about, you know, his origin story in photography, how he got started, his love for the outdoors, and then some other projects that he's been formulating along the way that go into effect of that adventure responsibly mantra. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? We are here with Phil Monson, and Phil is a adventurer. He's a photographer. I mean, I think he's kind of like an advocate for the outdoors. And and Phil, honestly, I have several of your shirts that you have from Adventure Responsibly and also a hat and literally had no idea that it was your company until like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, <laughs> ta-da, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for an intro? I love it. <laughs> well, what's up, man? Let's let's get started. Like every episode, I like to get started with. I'm sure you've told the story before, but I'd love to hear how you began in photography and, and kind of what led you to kind of where you are right now. Sure, always always a good, fun question. And, and first of all, thanks so much for having me. Love love to chat, and and uh, you've you've had a long list of very prominent photographers. So I really hope that. Uh, this does not diminish your your reputation, <laughs> but um, that's up to you. That's yeah, up we'll, to you, man. we'll we'll see how how it goes from here. Uh, so, photography, you know, I've always been one who likes to create and make things and do things, and and in a lot of high school days, I I really wanted to make a lot of movies or skits. I was always really motivated and uh, or inspired I guess by you know in living color and Saturday Night Live and I love kind of those those funny things and I always try to to, to get my friends to be involved with me on those you know because video production and stuff like that and doing skits and things really requires a, a group effort and a lot of a lot of people none of my friends were really interested in that they were interested in, in, in other things and so uh, this this yearning i suppose if, if that's a, a word we can use to create has just always always been there and i think where things finally came to photography was as again I, I segue with that you know wanting to do some video stuff is because photography for me i found a creative outlet that i could do 
on my own where I could, I could just, it could just be me. I could have a camera and I could go out and create things. And it, and this dawned on me when I, you know, had always had little point and shoot cameras and, and had fun playing with that. And then we, my wife and I, after, after I graduated from college many, many years ago, we decided to take a big trip to Europe. And I thought, well, if we're going to do this trip to Europe, I've got to have a really nice camera because having a really nice camera obviously equals really nice photos. Uh, and so I went out and we got the Canon Rebel XTI, if, if I remember. And it was awesome. It was a great camera. I loved it. I, I love that, that little thing. And we went to Europe and I took a whole bunch of photos and I look back at them now and they're, you know, they're pretty terrible, but the memory is still there. So they're, <laughs> you know, they're still, still important to me. Um, but that really lit, lit the fire. And, and from there it was, all right, well, I, I really like this. And you, you also realize how, how expensive a, of a hobby it is, not only for the, for the gear, but also if you choose landscape photography it, as a, uh, you know, whether it's a profession or, or, or a hobby, as it mostly is in my case, uh, you know, traveling a lot and getting out to, to cool locations, that, that certainly isn't, isn't cheap either. But So it's a very fun, a very enjoyable, uh, expensive hobby. But that, that's kind of the short, uh, short segue into it. Basically, um, wanted a creative outlet, found an opportunity to have a creative outlet that I could pretty much manage on my own and be able to get out in nature and provided an opportunity for that. So that that's kind of the, 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 uh, the long and short of it. <laughs> well, what was the first point in which you kind of saw photography as a way to not only show people, but, but kind of talk to people and educate people about preserving the places mm -hmm. that you go to shoot? That's an interesting question. I, I have a hard time pinpointing it i would say several years ago well you know you look at you know as, as you get into landscape photography in particular you start looking at you know the greats you know there's obviously the ansel adams there is uh, you know I, you know for me a, a personal photography hero would be guy tal and and i and, you know you look in these veins and one of their their main focuses isn't necessarily the photography it's about the message behind it and it's about conserving these places that that we all love and enjoy and and, and sharing a message of of protecting these places and you know through their through their photos people see them and they see the beauty and and hopefully it evokes a it, it sort of call to action of, oh my gosh, these places are worth, they're worth protecting. Um, and for me, so that, that's always kind of been in the back of my mind on, on one hand, in the very grand scheme of things, I, I somewhat look at, at photography and I'm like, gosh, it's just, we're just taking pictures, folks. We're not, we're not changing the world. But on the other hand, and there is, there is another way to look at it is if we can do it right, if we can do it correctly, then the photos that we take can be impactful and they can hopefully rouse people to want to protect these places that, that we are 
sharing through our our chosen medium of art. Uh, so for me, I think when I really started focusing on that was uh, probably three three or four years ago when I just started noticing and and you know I, I'll, I'll probably be picked apart by by people on the opposing side and that's totally fine. But I see social media very much as this double edged sword. On one hand, you have an incredible opportunity to connect with people and share experiences and kind of uplift the human condition. Hey, we're all in this together. On the other hand, you have this unfortunate machine that really drives a lot of bad behavior in, in many cases, you know, especially if, you know, and I, I choke on the word influencer, but when we, when we see people who have very large followings and they do things that are, you know, rather they be illegal flat out or unethical in, in our public lands and they have a very large platform that just perpetuates the issue and people more and more, uh, you know, I'm, I'm failing for a, uh, a, a, a specific example, but, you know, say there's somebody out there doing something that's not exactly ethical, uh, but it looks cool, right? It's, it's, uh, it's got all the cool vibes as, as the young kids say these days and, <laughs> and they go out and they want and they want to recreate that. Maybe it's a fire that's like, you know, in an area that's not supposed to have a fire or too close to a water source or, you know, whatever this may be. Um, and that just perpetuates in, in the, the issues. So, you know, I've, I've just noticed more and more, and I, I stand by this mantra that outdoor popularity has outpaced outdoor awareness. And I really hope to use not only my photography, but, you know, I'm really into design and just messaging in general um, that I can start to hopefully turn this tide that we can really start to have more outdoor awareness and really start to think about what are our actions? What, you know, if I do this and post this, is that going to affect this area that, um, that I love? And I think that should be protected and, and, um, you know, around for, for a long, long time. Uh, does it, does it drive bad behavior? And so, you know, this is, I'm, I'm kind of talking, uh, I'm very long winded. You'll, you'll probably find, but the, the main thing is about four years ago, I just, I just saw this rise in, uh, and in, in bad behavior and and how our public lands were treated and so really started taking a more of a focus of hey this is a fun pretty picture i'm i'm posting and sharing too yeah this is a photo i'm sharing but let me give you some context behind it let me tell you why it's worth protecting uh, let me help educate and in a positive way um, how do we treat these places and in, in a more ethical and environmentally friendly way so I had this conversation a little bit with David Dinette a few episodes mm -hmm. ago um, about the word influencer. Are, are we, are photographers not influencers based on a stigma or are we not influencers because we don't want to be? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. I think we have to break down and what, what does the word influencer mean? And I think it has started to get a very bad rap right and and that's why i'm gonna you know, when i say influencer and in, in most mostly the way that social media uses it as somebody who has a gigantic following and really just you know, you know in my mind i i see it as oh it's somebody that just goes out and they've got a, a you know some contract with 
a water bottle company, Evian, Evian Water, we'll use that as an example. And they go out and they're they're just to take a picture and do some weird pose <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in nature. And, you know, here's my ad. Here's the water bottle that I never go without and, and, and leave it. And, you know, they don't, you know, do they necessarily care about the area that they're visiting? Do they care about, uh, you know, the, the actual message that they are sharing? Or on the other hand, you know, you've got this issue with the poppy reserve in, in California where, you know, it's very clear, Hey, stay on, stay on the trail. Don't trample the poppies. And then you've got all these, you know, very, very prominent influencers that go out and what do they do? They, they go out and they lay and crush the poppies. And, you know, there, you know, a lot of people see that and like, Oh my gosh, it's a beautiful photo. I'm going to go out and, and, and do that same thing. And it, again, it just perpetuates that. So on the other hand, there is, the ability to influence for good and for change. And that's really where I try to come in and and help drive some education is that if you have a platform and let's be honest, it doesn't matter what size your, your following is or reach or anything like that. If you're on social media, you, you have some sort of platform and, and you can stand up and you can, you can say and declare what's right. And so I, I, would like to see influencer more in a positive light and that especially for nature photographers that it's not just about oh man i got this sick banger you know okay <laughs> great you you went out and got a photo good congratulations what you know think about why why are you out there taking photos what what does it matter um is there a reason you're taking photos other than just to trophy hunt and get fake internet points you know really think about the why behind it and the message that you're, you're sharing. And can you use that as a, as a way to influence for, for better and for good. So I, you know, I, I kind of joke that I'm, I, I choke on the word influencer, but it can be a very powerful tool. And if we can change the way that we, that we view that and use our, whatever platform we have to influence for good, I think, I think we could see a lot of, a lot of change. Do you view yourself more as an advocate for the outdoors or as a photographer? Anymore? Uh, definitely a, an outdoor advocate that that's been my main focus. Um, I love getting, I, I, it's been an interesting shift. I love mm. taking photos it's a very fun, enjoyable thing to do. It's a, again, it's a very creative outlet. But as I've, as I have noticed the the challenges that the outdoors are facing right now, I I have just found that more and more of my time is focused on messaging and, and education and and working to protect these places in, in any way that uh, that I I know how or you know any way, shape, or form that I that I can. So again, photography definitely fits into that, uh, paradigm, if you will. I, you know, if I go out and take a photo, I, I generally try to have some, you know, educational information uh, about the place. Um, I, if I'm taking photography, you know, uh, if I'm going out and, and participating in photography, I really try to have a, <laughs> a more mindful approach to it. You know, I, I'll, I'll be very honest and 
in, in the early days, I got sucked into that social media rat race trap of, oh, am I, you know, if I catch this incredible sunset, you know, how many, how many likes am I going to get? And, you know, that is a very, you know, dangerous thing to get into because it takes you away from the moment. It takes you away from uh, the meaning behind, behind the photo and you're just chasing likes, which doesn't help any, anybody. And so as I've, as I've shifted in, in my mindset, it's more about when I am taking photos, I'm trying to form a connection with the place that I'm in. I'm trying to be very mindful, very present, and above all, enjoy the experience of, of being out in nature. And on that same note, um, I, I've really just taken this, this more of, a, of an approach of, of conservation, stewardship, and, and awareness. And if I can get some photos in there every, every now and then, that's a bonus. <laughs> Yeah, you've mentioned that word a couple times now, stewardship. I find it really interesting that not a lot of people describe it that way. What does that word mean to you? So stewardship to me means that you play an active role in taking care of the places that belong to you. Um, public lands mean just that. You, they belong to you. And, you know, when I look at... Like, for example, my kids, I have stewardship over my kids and I am responsible for their well-being, that they're fed, that they're educated, that they are loved, that they are um, taught correct principles. And so when I look at the outdoors in that same light, I believe strongly that we are stewards of our public lands. We, we own them. They belong to us. And it is our opportunity and our responsibility to see that they are taken care of and that they are preserved for generations to come. What, how, what ages are your kids? Uh, my daughter's 10 and my son is turning eight next month. What's the last thing they did that like made you pull your hair out? Uh, probably we were, we were driving down to to St. George recently and it was, uh, you know, we had just done the, Hey, everybody go to the bathroom. And we, we did that. And then we're, we're driving down, you know, and then of course my, my son was like, Oh, I don't need to go. Like, okay, well we're, we're going, we're, 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 we're not trying to make any stops. And then inevitably, you know, five minutes <laughs> into the ship. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go right now. I, ca I can't hold it. It's like, Oh my gosh, kid. Or, or, or my daughter just dropped my wife's phone and, and, uh, and shattered it. But you know, <laughs> this is, this is why we can't have nice things. That's right. Yeah. You're just like, Oh my, Oh my gosh. But the thing is, you know, they do these things and, and you just have to have a, uh, a, a grander perspective, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Is it, is it meaningful for you to see these locations that you're trying to protect through their eyes? It is because, you know, I, we will go out and, you know, we're a very outdoorsy family and it's fun. You know, I know I'll, I'll take, for example, um, we, again, we were just in, in St. George, Utah, uh, I, I had some some work things to do, and the and the family went down, and we of course followed the social distancing things, and we went to Snow Canyon 
state park, which is one of my favorite state parks. It's, it's an incredible place. And they, they got to run around and climb on these petrified sand dunes and we were hiking the trails and checking out lava tubes. And it, you know, it's just awesome to see them go out and explore. It kind of brings me back to, to my, my childhood. I, I grew up a lot in, you know, Idaho and, and, and Oregon and the Pacific Northwest. And I remember my days of, of going out and just being out and, and exploring and, and, um, experiencing everything and you know my son's playing in the dirt and you know getting his hands dirty and just having that having that connection on the other hand they they know very well where you know kind of my my wife's stance is on on conservation and you know if they say if they see litter it's ah there's litter let's let's clean it up let's get it taken care of and we do and you know they they find cool rocks and you know, and a lot of people laugh at me and they're like, oh, geez, it's a rock. You know, what's the deal with take, taking it? But it's like, well, if if everybody took one, then there wouldn't be any. And, and, and in some cases, some of these rocks are, are actually protected. And so they, they get to see it and they get to appreciate the the beauty and, and appreciate, you know, these little rocks and, and, and see them and experience them. And then they also know, oh, I, I've experienced it. I've enjoyed it. And I, I also leave it leave it behind and, and leave it where I found it. And so it's amazing to see that a child can clearly understand these things and, and understand and appreciate nature and, and take care of it um, while also having a, a good time and, 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 and seeing these things, you know, maybe for the first time and just their, and their wonder, it's, it's awesome to experience that and, and appreciate it from, from their point of view as well. That's uh, littering and talking about litter is a great segue. Where did you come up with the idea of Nigel, the litter hunter? <laughs> and and maybe if somebody's listening and they're like, where did this like, just what? veer off to? Yeah. Why don't you give us a background into who that is? Sure. So first of all, it's, I, I fully uh, accept that it's ridiculous this whole, this whole thing, this whole persona, but, uh, you know, if somebody has got to be an idiot to share, share a message, then I suppose I'll, I'll be that idiot. Um, again, go, kind of going back to this, this shift in my mindset of, of photography, of just going out to take photos versus photography for conservation and, and moving that discussion forward. Uh, you know, several years ago, we we just saw this increase in litter in all the places that we love to go the high uintas you know in places that i've never seen litter before all of a sudden we filled an entire bag of litter one day um in, in this place called mirror lake uh and in big and little cottonwood canyons near near my home again we we've been going to these places for years and in, you know enjoying the day use areas and the hikes and and all these great things and all of a sudden there's just this increase in litter and even then, you know, especially the national parks and, 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 you know, these other places. And what, what really started things were, you know, kind of a couple of years ago, I was down in, in the Moab area and I just stopped off at this, this, it's a side of the road arch called Wilson arch. It's a pretty, pretty cool arch, pretty, very impressive, definitely worth a stop. And I, I got out and I just, like my heart sank. I just saw all this garbage everywhere. 
and I just, you know, kind of had, had a fit with it and really had had enough. And so I, you know, I cleaned it all up and I picked it up and, and I, I took a selfie, which I, I generally frown upon. And I, you know, a selfie of me holding the, the, the bag of litter. And I had this disapproving face and I just, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, what is, what is the deal? And I, and then I started going out in, in, um, the, the, you know, these canyons, big and little cottonwood Canyon. And I, I took a, in an approach that in hindsight was just not the right one. I, I was angry. I was upset. I was pretty reactionary and it was more, I was using my platform to just lecture people and nobody, myself included, likes to be lectured to. And, you know, I was just kind of like, what if, you know, don't people understand that this is a, you know, a, uh, you know, our, our, our drinking water source and this is a watershed area and how can you trash, you know, blah, 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 you know, kind of going. And, and to some that, that message worked, I, I, got people riled up. People were disgusted. They, they couldn't believe it. And we should be right. We should be disgusted that, that our, our public lands are, are being trashed and, and used that way and not, not taken care of. And I got some very stern feedback from some, from not only some followers, but also some friends as well. Like, look, dude, we, we appreciate what you're doing, but man, throw some positivity in there. It just gets so daunting and depressing when all you do is just kind of railing and, and raging about this. And I, you know, I took, I took that to heart. I, I'm, I'm very susceptible to feedback, especially when it's, <laughs> when it's warranted. And I took that and I just thought, you know, of the influential people in my life growing up, what were their qualities? Like, what did they do? And I look at like, you know, LeVar Burton with, reading a rainbow and I look at Bob Ross and, you know, I can't paint worth crap, but that guy sure <laughs> made me believe that I could be the greatest painter in the world. <laughs> I look at Mr. Rogers and, you know, while growing up, it was kind of like, well, kid, you know, you can watch Mr. Rogers, but that's it. And, you know, you kind of complain, Oh, I want to watch He-Man. But, you know, looking back, it's, you know, Mr. Rogers, you know, that was the real deal. And, and you look at, you know, Again, Woodsy Owl, Captain Planet, uh, you know Steve Irwin. All of all of these very influential people all had one major thing in common, which was positivity. They were all about sharing a very important message, but doing so in a positive way. And look, I still have my faults. I you know, I I still make make plenty of mistakes, but. I took that and I really started to think the best way to encourage people to, to step up and join me is to do it in a, in a positive, entertaining way. And so I started, look, I, I don't do impressions well, but I, I thought, well, everybody likes a good Australian accent, right? So, uh, you know, I started, you know, I, I for the, kind of the impetus to it, you know, the real main thing of it, if, if, if I look back as I came across this day use area and again, day use area, uh, which clearly was, was not being used during the day, but I digress, uh, looked like a very fun party, I'm sure. But just, I mean, it was probably upwards of a hundred beer cans and bottles all, all left in this, in this area and the fire pit and all, all around in the trees and everything. And, and I came across it and I thought, 
all right, how can we, how can we turn this into a, a positive experience or, or, or turn a positive, you know, this negative into a positive slant. I just kind of got this crocky, look at all of these beer bottles <laughs> in their unnatural habitat, you know, just, just really stupid. And, and I, I posted it and I'm cleaning it up and I'm going through this whole rigmarole and, and people are, you know, I got 10 times more feedback than I normally did of, you know, the clapping emoji, the laughing emoji, you know, people like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's hilarious. What a, what a funny way to look at it. Thanks for taking care of it. I thought, okay, maybe there's something to this. And then I was, uh, so I, I kind of took on that, that persona and I've always thought the word, you know, the name Nigel was just a, a, a classic, what a, what a great name. And, uh, so I took that, you know, Nigel, the litter hunter, then I'm watching, uh, Jurassic Park one one day with my kids and you know a great that's a, a what a great what a great film and the the Muldoon character comes on and he's got this safari you know button up safari shirt he's got the super short shorts and the knee high socks and the boots and I'm like oh my gosh like that's it that <laughs> I, I need that look like I'm gonna I'm gonna be Nigel the litter hunter and I'm I'm going to go out and that, and that look and it all kind of, you know, with the Australian accent and everything. And, and that, that's really it. And, and, and weekly, well, at least I, I try weekly. I'll, I will go out to places that, that I know are just constant problem issues, big little cottonwood canyons. There's a, there's a really popular overlook, um, you know, on a, on a mountain road, uh, that, that, just gets trashed repeatedly. There's, there's, you know, and sadly there's, there's even places right behind my, my, my house in the, in the foothills that I'm actually going to be leading a, a, a cleanup tonight, socially distancing, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and so just basically weekly doing this, uh, this litter hunter show and basically, so, you know, I'm a 39 year old man that's LARPing out in the woods, cleaning up litter. If you really want to break it down, <laughs> Uh, and it's ridiculous and it's super campy and I have a lot of fun doing it while also hoping to spread a message of, of stewardship. And it's just kind of taken on this, this life of its own. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and, uh, been, been a great way one to get outdoors two to take care of the places that I love and three to, share awareness in a positive and somewhat entertaining way. <laughs> hey, what's up guys? I just want to pause real quick and talk about today's sponsor for the podcast and that's visualwilderness.com. You can head over to visualwilderness.com and find tons of resources for how you can become a better photographer overall, whether that be in the field, in post-processing, watching videos, reading articles, or signing up for a monthly subscription, which is really, really cheap, where you get access to everything that is uploaded onto the site and join a community of photographers that all wanna become better photographers and share resources and information with one another. If you want to get a 33% discount on all of my courses on there, which are like how to create panoramas, how to create realistic HDR, how to 
do creative blending in Photoshop. Those are 33% off for a limited time right now on visualwilderness.com when you use the code David33 during checkout. If you want the links to all of those, you can head over to davidjohnstonart.com slash podcast. And in every episode show notes, those links are gonna be at the bottom of the page. Lastly, if you want to follow me, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. If you just search David Johnston Photography on YouTube, I should pop up. And then also I'm on Instagram, David Johnston Photo as well. All right, back to the episode. So Mr. Rogers had Tom Hanks. Who's going to play Nigel the Litter Hunter in a movie? Oh, geez. <laughs> you got to give me a good one here. A good one. My gosh. Uh, man, let's go with Colin Farrell. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't know. Is that he, your ego talking or is that, that like... That's definitely ego talking. Yeah. Okay. Like, I have, like, I have... Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like like Dr. Fauci said, if, if someone was going to play him, he's going to go with Brad Pitt. So I'm like, all right, let, let's just go with Colin Farrell. <laughs> That's a good point. I have two for you that came to my mind. Okay, oh, I love number, it. Let's hear it. Number one is Hugh Jackman, just because he is Australian. He has the accent down. Perfect. I think Rami Malek could do a good job. Um, oh, okay. You know, I feel like he's really on the come up as an actor in yes. the scene. Um, I feel like that would be a good play too. I love it. Yeah, those are those. That's way better than Colin Farrell. Jeez. <laughs> well, I had I had time to think about it while you were talking. I love I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know that's. <laughs> yeah that that's uh, that that's funny to think about. But you know I I it's also spurred from you know we don't see Woodsy Owl much if anymore at all you know mm-hmm. i grew up with with the give a hoot don't pollute and you just don't you don't see that anymore and you don't see you know captain planet's gone and you know in utah in like the the very early 90s we had we had this huge camp anti-litter campaign called don't waste utah and it was kind of this mad max looking dude that you know he's driving around this thunderbird and and uh talking about not littering and you know it was it was kind of kind of weird but but kind of fun as as, as well and you know again it's like 90 93 94 if i think that when that came out it was quite quite a while ago and you just don't see that anymore and i've seen this this very clear disconnect of people not realizing oh if i bring this in i should also bring it out i i shouldn't leave my my garbage here. And I don't know, you know, there's very opinionated people out there. And and for myself, I don't know if it's purely ignorance, if it's apathy, Uh, I kind of feel that it's somewhere in between there. Um, But what I can do is I can hopefully try to educate people about the issues that there is a litter issue. It's not just Utah. I mean, people, People send me photos from from all over of, of their campsites, and you can just see. I mean, you can see news stories constantly of, of of this pervasive issue. And so, yeah, if I can if I can be of of any help of of any voice, then I'm I'm happy to do it. Why turn it into a children's book? 
Yeah, that's that's a good segue. So um, again, the idea is so so. First of all, where 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 the children's book came from was I had a lot of people say, "Oh my gosh, we love Litter Hunter episodes, and we we all get together as a family. We I, we watch these with with our kids." And I I got several messages like that. I'm like, "Oh well, well one." I should really probably watch my language. <laughs> so I, I really, one, I, I, I don't typically swear, but uh, sometimes I'll let a, a couple slip out here or there, but I really try to, to keep it very PG, very, very kid friendly for, for that reason. I know, I know kids are, are watching. Um, two is a really funny experience happened where we were, um, we you know, my wife has has a pretty large family. We we do a lot of large gatherings, and we were at her sister's house, and her son was. You know, we were talking about conservation, and we were talking about you know litter, and uh, you know it always kind of segues in, into that every every now and then. And um, her her son talked. You know, he he raises his hand, and you know he's in elementary school, and he goes, you know, hey, fun fact. Uh, we were talking about recycling and, and taking care of nature, you know, environmentalism in our class. And someone in the class goes, well, yeah, that's why we have Nigel, the litter hunter. And, <laughs> and they go, what? And the teacher pulls it up when they they're pulling up the episodes. And I guess they're all, you know, they're all laughing and having a good time. and think it's great. And so my, my young nephew raises his hand. He's like, yeah, fun fact. That's uh that's my uncle, <laughs> poor, you know, the poor, the poor child. But, uh, you know, and, and then again, my, my main focus is that education is the, 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 the idea behind all of this is that if we can help to educate people on their impact, that they can make a difference on stewardship and where is the most, uh, good that can be done in terms of, of education. And that is the, the kids. And I just thought, well, you know, maybe a children's book might might help a little bit. I, you know, it's certainly not the answer. It's not the uh, the end all to end all, uh, but at least it can hopefully lend a you know a, a voice to this to this fight. And so <clears throat> I just started thinking, you know, hey, this could be, yeah, it's a it's a really goofy character, kind of fun. I've got Mister Grabs, who's my my litter litter grabber he's got googly eyes on him so it, it kind of all made all made sense right um <laughs> put put this children's book together uh, i have a very close friend who i've known for for over 20 years and he's a very talented illustrator and i reached out to him i said hey this is this is kind of my idea i don't know what do you what do you think about going in on it with me and if you you know you can you can illustrate it and i'll write it and i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see what happens we'll we'll put it on kickstarter and let let the fates decide and thankfully it it, it was successful there's a lot of very passionate people around around the project and we got that got that funded and and we're, we're we're getting that out there and so yeah the whole the whole idea is again kind of going back to that i don't you don't see woodsy owl which was geared towards children you don't see captain planet anymore you don't have any of these kind of programs or or wilderness ethics education um it's just not a thing, you know, everybody's so focused on, on technology. Oh, you know, the latest tech is so cool, which is great. You know, technology is cool, but we we've lost sight of 
some very important things, which is um, nature education and, and wilderness ethics. And this is hopefully a, an opportunity to start to fill that that gap a little bit. You know, Phil, as we sit here and talk about it, I am surrounded, it, it, a little backstory, my podcasting room slash office, as lame as it already was, um, with just my desk in the corner <laughs> of an empty room, um, has quickly doubled into uh, my future daughter's room, um, which I'm sure will will turn out great for quiet audio and, and yes. things like that. <laughs> um, but I'm looking at our bookshelf. I need to get that book. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That, so that, why don't you great. take us into your other business venture, and that is Adventure Responsibly, previously in Trot Outdoors. What was the thinking behind that and the process of building that out as well? Yeah, so it really all, all follows and stems from the, the, the overall challenge is that outdoor popularity is outpaced awareness. And I have just seen so many news stories and you see it on Instagram and, and you know, all these social media channels of, of just unfortunately bad behavior in the outdoors. Uh, it was probably 2016, I think. I went to one of my favorite slot canyons in, in Southern Utah and found it just riddled with graffiti. You know, somebody had, had taken a rock and just carved their Instagram handles into the Canyon walls and, you know, deep gouges, just gibberish, you just, you know, tic-tac-toe, all, all these things. And it, it's just, it just, it like, it, it, it crushed me. I mean, it, it was really difficult to, to see that, you know, you, you expect to go to these places and have this, have this pristine experience. Um, that's, you know, not, you know, not meaning I'm not going to see anybody, you know, everybody should be in the outdoors is, is my opinion and, and should feel welcome out there, but not, not wantingly or actively just destroying it. So I, you know, um, I, I go there kind of with the idea that I'm going to just be able to enjoy the slot Canyon and it's going to be pristine and wonderful and everything that I, that I had experienced previously. And then I come across this, this vandalism and it is vandalism. It's, it's destroying our public property and it, and it, it was just disheartening and infuriating and upsetting and all those things. And then like in the same trip where my, my friend and I were, were hiking back to our, to our parking, you know, to the parking lot and um, this car stops. And again, you know, this is a very difficult uh, backcountry road. It is not paved. It is pretty difficult. Um, you know, it, it's, it's bad in the, in the best of times. <laughs> it's kind of this really yeah. rough, rough road. Right. And they're coming down here and, you know, in, in this little, little car um, and, and they stop and, and they are clearly confused. They're like, well, we're looking for this place and we don't know where it is. And we, we saw it on, you know, and this is, again, this is the, the kicker. Um, we saw it on saw Instagram it on. and we just thought that we pulled right up to a parking lot and we just walked and we went right to it. Sure. And we're like, well, new. No. And what the one that you're referencing is actually a, a three mile trek one way. And there's no shit, you know, it's, and you know, we're kind of explaining the, you know, how, how to get there. And 
then I, I just got this feeling to add, you know, do you guys have water? You know, it's like, you know, end of May, you know, it's about right time, this time right now, it's very hot <laughs> in the yeah. desert Southwest, very unforgiving. And they say, well, we, you know, we've each got a, like a bottle maybe. And I'm like, and I just flat out said, I go, you need to turn around. Like you, you should not be doing this right now. You, you need to know where you're going. You need to know what you're getting into and you absolutely need to be prepared. You know, it was, it was like, kind of like my my stern father <laughs> like you're come, comes into it i'm like you you blasted kids and it's yeah. like you know what great get out go outdoors have a grand adventure knock your socks off but holy crap like be prepared you, sure. you know, you're you're going out on this venture without any water you're you're gonna be another statistic unfortunately and it was a you know experiences like that it was an experience where i took my dad uh, with me to the Narrows and you know of, of Zion and again one of my favorite hikes and we were the first ones off the bus we were first ones in there we're we're a couple miles in there's you know we're, we're we've beaten the crowd there's there's nobody behind you know in front of us and all of a sudden there's this this girl that is coming is walking down the canyon and I'm like what the heck you know there's nobody in front of there's no way somebody would have gotten that far ahead of us finished the hike and, and turned around and we, she was very disheveled and she, she stopped us and she goes, you know, do you know how far it is back to the, to the trailhead and the visitor center? And we're like, ah, you know, you're probably, you know, a mile and a half or so. I don't, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, you're definitely not, you know, getting there. And we're like, you know, I could just tell it. She was just out of sorts. I'm like, are you, are you okay? You know, what's going on? She's like, well, I'm, I'm from out of state. I, I came here. I went and I camped up, up at the campground in the, in the narrows and, I just brought my, my, my hammock. I thought that there would be trees. Well, there's not really trees close enough or, or strong enough to hold a hammock. So she slept on the ground. Um, she didn't bring appropriate clothing because she, she thought it was, Hey, it's the desert. It's hot. Well, when you're in the narrows and you're surrounded by thousand foot cliffs on each side, the sun very, very rarely shines in there enough to be warm. So she was freezing. Um, she didn't check her propane before she left. So she didn't, she wasn't able to cook anything. So she's cold starving, basically, you know, not knowing where she is. You know, we, we gave her a couple granola bars that we had and, um, you know, gave her some water that, you know, I always carry, always carry extra water. So, uh, filled up, filled her up and, and sent her on her, you know, we offered like, look, listen, I'm here for photos, which are not as important as saving your life. Like, are you okay to, you know, do we need to walk, you know, help you get, and she's like, no, no, I thought, you know, I'll be okay. And, you know, checked a couple of times, but you know, it, again, it's like countless stories and stories after this that I've not only per personally experienced, others have experienced and have, have seen on the news that it just, again, brought me to this this concept of outdoor popularity, outpacing outdoor awareness. And I thought, you know, what, geez, Louise, like, what can I do? You know, what, what is, you know, one, what is my, my purpose and what is my quote unquote, why and I really kind of came up to the idea that I, I exist to um, promote wilderness ethics and encourage outdoor stewardship. And now that I've taken my why to help combat the, the challenge and the problem, well, how can I do that? One, it's, you know, I can, I can post on social media, I can, I can do all these things, but 
you know, how can I, how can I give back? You, you know, even, and I, and I hate the term give back. I, I like to think of it more of a, of a paying forward. Um, you know, how can I help in, in paying forward to the national parks? How can I raise awareness? How can I uh, bring more people of, of responsibility to their, the forefront of their minds? And so I really started, you know, I've really been into design and I, you know, been doing a lot of national park designs, which were, uh, you know, pretty popular. And a lot of people were going, uh, you know, really excited and, and purchasing those, which was fun. And I, you know, I started turning it more into messaging and, and I love the, you know, the, the red rock and I love the, uh, you know, arches is out of a, a layer of, you know, a, a sandstone it called Entrada sandstone. And so I thought, all right, well, why don't I put this kind of business together with this, with this big why of promoting, outdoor stewardship and wilderness ethics and um you know getting this this messaging together and i put it all together as of intrada outdoor co with a tagline of adventure responsibly that was that was our whole thing and all the messaging everything was toward promoting wilderness awareness ethics stewardship and um you know just really emphasize this whole concept of adventuring responsibly, which unfortunately a lot of people are just not, not doing. Um, and it, you know, got pretty popular and the, the messaging was getting out and, and unfortunately there, there, there's a kind of a twofold thing to it. So you, you did mention, you know, well, there's, there's a name change one. Um, I got some feedback that look it, you know, the, the name of the company and the tagline are, are great, but if I see a shirt that says Entrada Outdoor Co., I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had already gotten the, 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 the trademark for Adventure Responsibly, you know, this is again, about three years ago. And I started kind of thinking about that. I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. You know, the, the tagline's there and I try to include that on everything. But yeah, if you saw Entrada Outdoor, okay, great. It's just another one of these fly-by-night t-shirt companies. Um, so I started really trying to think about that. And then uh, the, the Entrada golf course down in, in Southern Utah didn't like me using <laughs> using the name. So all this kind of culminated together. Uh, and I was like, you know what, I've got, let's just go for it. We're, we're going to go adventure responsibly. Our, the name is the mission. You know, that that's kind of the, uh, the, the whole impetus behind it. It's, you know, we, we have a why which, which is, you know, I've kind of already gone over that uh, a, a few times. And yeah, we just happen to sell t-shirts and hats and stickers and things. You know, that that's the what we do. It's not the why why we do it. And I, I really have focused on more, especially uh, having a, a just cause, um, you know, beyond the why. You know, I, I have the why, but what does the future look like? And, and what do I envision this whole, this whole thing and this whole uh, messaging going? And I, and I see that as, you know, I envision this world where all those who enjoy the outdoors do so responsibly, ethically, and, and strive to put nature first. And that, that is the whole uh, meaning behind it. It's not, you know, it's not a t-shirt. It's not a sticker, sticker shop. Yeah. That's what, why, you know, what we do, but it's, it's not why we do it. It's all about, how do we promote wilderness ethics? How do we get people to kind of wake up and when they go on an adventure, they do so responsibly and, and ethically. And then it also um, provides a, you know, a way for me to um, 
pay pay a lot of that forward and donating to the National Park Foundation, um, working with you know Nature First uh, org uh, and and other you know as well as helping to fund you know all the litter cleanups and you know you know, supplies aren't, uh, aren't free, unfortunately. Um, but to be able to, you know, purchase supplies for when I do the litter cleanups and host the organized events and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's been a very fun venture. I've learned a lot. I failed a lot. Um, and, uh, just, you know, kind of moving forward in, in that vein, but the kind of that North star is, is still there is, uh, it's all about wilderness, um, ethics and, and stewardship and how do we, promote that and ingrain that into more people's minds. And if anyone has never read the book, Simon Sinek, start with why you just got a <laughs> cliff notes version yes, of sir. everything he lays out. And that is a fantastic book. And I think it's awesome that you're using it for adventure responsibly and, and also everything that you're doing to preserve this places that we all love. I love, I love to go mm-hmm. photograph and it brings to mind, you know, I when I was living in Haiti for two years, mm. there's just trash everywhere. Yeah. And it it's one of the most beautiful Caribbean islands. Like if they cleaned it up and got all the trash out of there, it would truly be a hotbed for resorts and, uh, you know, the travel economy would boom now they would also have to get, you know, their government issues cleaned up and other things like <laughs> just that, which, things yeah, just a couple slight things that you need to tweak. But I've always said like some of the mountaintops that I've stood on in Haiti and looked down, if you built a house there, it would be a $5 million house on mm. any other island in the Caribbean. Yeah, But there's just trash everywhere and we need to work to not let it get to a point like that where photographers or other people going into the outdoors get into a thought process like that. Like, wow, this would be so much better if there wasn't, you know, a styrofoam to go box right in front of me mm-hmm. or a Coke can right in front of me, something like that. Or, you know, I've even been down some of the mountain streams in Asheville, North Carolina, and there was a used needle on the side of the riverbank where I almost stepped. So you don't want to get into those situations, you know, stepping on a used needle is kind of frowned upon. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not a, an experience anybody really wants to go, go through. Um, yeah. And that, and that's kind of the big, big thing as well as working to, you know, promote, especially for landscape photographers, that you have even more of a mantle. I mean, you're out there taking pictures of these places. How are you protecting them? What are you doing to, to take care of the places that uh, you know? One, if you if you profit off of them through through sales or um, just you know growing your your content base or, or whatever that might be. I, I hope that the, the thought process for photographers is, man, I, I have a deeper responsibility and I should be thinking more about how do I take care of these places? than how do I get some, some sick shots, brah? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Phil Monson. Phil, why don't you tell us where we can go to find you if we want to learn more and if we want to, kind of join up and support what you're doing. 
Yeah, Instagram is probably, as I've railed against Instagram here a little bit, but uh, (laughs) follow my Instagram. Uh, Instagram is just Phil, P-H-I-L-L, Monson, M-O-N-S-O-N. And uh, the website for for all the other stuff is adventureresponsibly.co. That's a dot co with without the m. So that's that's where I hang out these days. I I can't handle too much more social media than than the limited amount that I have. I mentally my mental capacity is is not built for that. So I I'm very limited <laughs> on on the platforms I've got. But uh, you know, and, and as as much as I railed against Instagram, again, it's that double-edged sword where there there can be so much good it's it's what you put into it and and what you get out of it so well phil thanks so much for joining us and uh chatting about your why absolutely loved love to be able to do that thanks so much for having me and uh hope everybody hopefully everybody gets out there and leaves it better and of course adventures responsibly